your life is happening in between those pieces of clarity and then the clarity takes over. I believe that the opposite of depression, it's not happiness, it's purpose. I believe that every single person has something unique to contribute to the world. And that's why I wanted to create a show called Don't Keep Your Day Job. Don't Keep Your Day Job is about figuring out what it is that you were here to do in this world that only you can do to make the world more whole, more beautiful, and to stop selling yourself short, and to stop sitting it out, and to figure out how to take this thing you love, whether it's art or music or screenwriting or dance or baking, and how do you weave this thing that you love into a life that you get to contribute, that you get to do what you love full time, because it's not just about business. It's about contribution. It's about meaning. That is what we seek. That is what we truly want. And you absolutely are here to serve the world. And I want to help you figure out just how much value you have inside of you. And every single week, we're going to be talking to people who have something to add to help you get out of your own way, to help you be more successful, to help you be the truest expression of you. My name is Kathy Heller. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's dive in. Thanks to Fiverr for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. It's so easy to find freelance talent for your business or product. Don't waste any more time. Get 10% off and the service you deserve by going to F-I-V-E-R-R.com and use code DREAMJOB. We're also supported by Bombas. Bombas make socks that are comfortable and look great for whenever you need with a wide variety of options. Go to bombas.com slash dreamjob today and get 20% off your first purchase. Also, thanks to True Botanicals. Whether you're looking for an effective anti-aging regime, seeking a sensitive skin-safe solution, battling pregnancy hormones, or struggling with acne-prone skin, True Botanicals has a natural formulation that will protect and nourish your skin. Get 15% off your first purchase at truebotanicals.com slash dreamjob. Hey guys, it's Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. Oh my gosh, what a time it is right now. I just wanted to acknowledge that it is a lot. There is a lot going on, a lot of feelings, a lot of uncertainty. And um, and we're going to address that today. We're going to dive in. And I think it's so important that we we see the opportunity right now there's a huge opportunity for more connection and more empathy because in general, people feel so alone and so isolated. And now with people being in their homes and having to lay low, I think that even more so we need to find ways to connect. And thank- thankfully, we have these amazing tools. We know we have Skype and Zoom video and Instagram. And so I've really been calling on myself and I'm really sharing with you that I feel like there's an opportunity for us to lean in more, to be braver and more courageous by being more vulnerable and reaching reaching our hand out um, for other people as well as being more honest with where we're really at. Yesterday, I was feeling really low in the morning. My husband and I had one of those like intense, like, fights and we were just having a conversation that was spinning around in circles and I felt so overwhelmed and so exhausted and sometimes when we're fighting like my family stuff comes up and it's all subconscious and I don't even know what's happening I just start to feel this awful feeling of uh I just don't even know which way is up and I was sitting in my room looking out at the rain and I was just feeling one of those existential where is this going? 
what is life? Questioning all my choices, everything, you know, one of those moments. And I posted about it on Instagram and I shared that my career and my kids can sometimes feel so much easier than my marriage. And and people were so supportive and I was so grateful that the community around me just people were DMing me and I felt I just felt like I wasn't alone. And um and then, you know, at the very, very end of the night, around midnight, my husband and I finally had a chance to talk. We had one of those really productive, we had a productive, long good conversation where we were both able to listen and hear one another. And you know something like, I don't even know what prompted me to do it, but I said, I'm going to record on my phone as we're talking. I think because I figured that um, we would both speak more, you know, in a more conscientious, kind way. And I also, I felt like maybe we could revisit what we said to like, hear this in case one of us really was able to say clearly what we needed. Anyway, it wound up actually being so helpful. I think maybe because we were recording it um, and we weren't recording it to play it for anyone. We were just recording it for ourselves or I was at least. Anyway, just a side note, we've never done that before, but it wound up being a really good conversation and I felt a lot better. And it was interesting because some people were DMing me and saying, oh my God, is everything okay? I noticed that you're, you know, you're feeling so much and is everything falling apart and how are you? And oh no. And I thought, wow, look at that. Like, because I posted that I was having a really hard morning and feeling so sad, people assumed, or at least some people assumed that it was just like the sky was falling. And I think that's because we don't often post enough what we're really feeling. Because every one of us has moments where we're feeling so lost and so overwhelmed and so confused. And sometimes it just feels like you're just walking up this hill and it's like, what are you doing? And then I I know for me, whatever I feel, I feel it all the way. So if I'm excited, I'm so excited. If I'm feeling enthusiastic. I'm so enthusiastic. And if I'm feeling sad, I'm feeling sad. So I have a full range of emotions all the time. And I thought to myself, I want to model for my friends, for my audience. I want to model that I'm going to be brave and I am going to share when things don't feel great. And I think it's such an incredible moment in time, in this time, especially with what's going on. I think that we should be more real. And I, I think it serves as a a lighthouse for other people. You know, if we can each say what's really going on, not only, you know, can we, we get support that we probably really need to feel less alone, which is so beautiful. Um, but then it also inspires other people. It makes people feel like, wow, you know, look at that person sharing what's real as opposed to only sharing what we want people to believe, which come on. No one's living a life that's one dimensional. No way. So I just wanted to share it with you in case you didn't see all of that. And, you know, while I'm feeling better on the home front, there's so much going on right now that it is scary. But one thing I do want to say is that not only do we have an opportunity in terms of, you know, being, you know, more connected and being more present with our families, like, you know, we're not able to really do much. So I think there is an opportunity to be more present. But in addition to that, What I'm seeing 
just yesterday I spoke to a friend and she um, teaches an online class. It's actually a class on how to do online video. And she said that in the last two days, she had more people enroll for her course than in the last month. And I was really blown away by that. And I think that those of us who have an online business, you know, I have a podcast and I teach courses and I'm creating content. And so I've really been um, enjoying and um, utilizing the online tools for the last four years, really. And I was thinking now more than ever, it is such an incredible time to really think about how would you create community and create connection and how could you, no matter whatever your business is, how could you create things that would have an online offer, an online component, whether you're teaching people how to knit and over Zoom video, you come together with your class or you're offering recipes or you're doing marriage workshops, like what can you do utilizing these tools. I'm seeing now that people are wanting to sign up for things like that because they're going to be home more. And and I don't know, maybe this will only be three weeks or maybe it'll be 90 days. We, we don't know how long this thing is going to last, but I am seeing that at the, at the base of, of economics, it's supply and demand. And there's a lot of people who are probably going to be there's going to be a need for content, for productivity, for for things to fill their life and fill their days that are enriching while they're home. So the demand will be there. And there, there's now an opportunity for there to be more supply just in the virtual world. So I'm thinking about ways that I can um, be more of use to all of you and teach you more things like that. So I'm thinking about what kinds of things I can offer over the next few weeks um, for all of you at home. I'm thinking about what kinds of free virtual summits I can create for my audience, what kinds of classes I can give just while you guys are, are sitting um, at home more often. You know, what can I do? So I'm going to be thinking about that and brainstorming. Uh, one thing we were considering doing, which we even talked about was doing like a live, the don't keep your day job, like a book club where I would go through the chapters and, and really pull out some of the takeaways and maybe give you little baby assignments. And so we could kind of bring the, the book to life. Um, but I've also been talking to some friends about creating some kind of a virtual summit. And then I was thinking about what I just said in terms of like teaching you guys how to use the online tools, podcasting, and how to create courses and programs that really connect. And what are some ways that you can use Instagram and Facebook to really have some true engagement. So I've been thinking about that. If you have thoughts around that, um, you can DM me on Instagram and let me know which thing feels like the most interesting. You can come to the Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group and let us know. I'll probably be posting a poll about it on my Instagram. You can answer me there. But I just want you to know I'm definitely thinking about how I can show up more for you in this time and serve you. But you're definitely on my mind. Uh, but if you want updates on this book club or anything else that we're going to be creating, there's a link in the show notes where you guys can sign up and that'll be free, whatever we create. So you can click the link in the show notes and sign up so that you can get an update on what, whatever it is that we're going to create for free for you guys as an extra resource. In the meantime, I feel like now that people are more you know, sedentary and they're not going out as much, they might want to start listening to podcasts. So if you feel like this podcast might give them 
a little bit of a lift or you feel like this podcast might encourage them or just be a good distraction, please take a second and share the show with a friend. And I will pick three people every day this week who go ahead and do that and tag me and share about the podcast and put it in your Insta story. And not only will I reshare it, but I will pick three of you every day and send you a gift just to say thank you for spreading the love. I think now more than ever, it's a great time for people to be uh, listening to things that they might find are really good use of their time. All right, so let's get into today's episode. Last week, my friend Heather Chauvin had an online workshop for some really amazing people in her community, and she was kind enough to have me come on as a speaker. We started planning the session about a month ago, and oddly enough, we had decided that the title of the workshop would be The Sky is Falling, How to Move Past Our Fear and Step Into Our Purpose. So I felt that considering the circumstances we're all facing right now with the virus and the different reactions to this all over the world, it seemed like this might be something that would help. After you listen to this, make sure you check out Heather's amazing work. She's the host of the podcast Moms in Control. She's also a speaker and she'll be coming on this show very soon. We'll have a link to her show in the show notes. All right, without further ado, here's the talk that I gave and I hope that you guys find this really helpful. First of all, I just want to acknowledge what is going on right now. It is very intense Everybody is affected by this and um, it's a lot. It's a lot. My kids are not in school anymore. They canceled school for the next six weeks. So my kids are home. So they're building forts and they are right now painting. And so they're here and there's a lot of things going on. So I just want to acknowledge that because it seems a little strange to me to just dive in and be like, cool, like let's talk about building a business right now and all the things. Um, But I do want to say something that is also happening right now because of this situation. In general, we live in an empathy deficit. That's a fact. In general, the loneliness is already higher than it's ever been in the world. There's more depression and there's more suicide than ever. And that has nothing to do with coronavirus. That's been happening uh, for the last decade. So I feel like when they zig, we need to zag. And I mean, what it really comes down to, and then we're going to get into fear. We'll get into some strategies around what to do, like what on earth can you possibly do to elevate your life, to elevate your consciousness, to elevate your business? And we're going to talk a little bit about that and hopefully I can add some value. But one thing that I can tell you is that every single one of us is capable of showing up and offering empathy to other people. And if I really, and I'm not just saying it because it sounds like a nice thing to say, if I really strip back my business and said, how have I been able to make a multi-seven-figure living? It's empathy. But we are all capable of really showing up for four people. And right now, the opportunity is massive. People are going to be home. People are going to have a lot more time to connect, actually, And because we live in this time, thank God, we live in a season. In 1982, it wasn't this way. But right now, because of this thing, this computer, there's no excuse for us not to use the time to show up for people. Let me tell you something. We're going to now start to segue into our topic. The most contagious thing is not the coronavirus. It's fear. Fear is the most contagious thing that ever existed. 
this is why certain people get elected to power. This is why certain people um, have strategies that they think work, right? Um, It's all predicated on fear. The more you literally talk and talk and talk about what people should be afraid of and you tell them what to be afraid of, it spreads, right? So I feel 100% certain that the biggest problem we're facing in this moment is the fear, okay? Because fear is so bad for your immune system. Most people we know, thank God, will not get this virus just based on statistics alone. So what really is the threat? Fear. That's the threat. Look how quickly, right? Now, look, there's good reason. I, a week ago, I was supposed to have a huge event in two weeks um, at the Marriott in Beverly Hills, and I was supposed to have a big retreat. I proactively canceled it because I'm part of like, let's flatten the curve. Everyone should just be home for a couple of weeks. But the point is, the thing that I'm most concerned about is not that people are going to get sick. Most people won't even know that they're sick if they are. Look how quickly the world ramps into fear and all the things that that does. The hysteria of people feeling like I have to get every single box of pasta. Um, We're never going to be able to have a business again. Everyone's going to go bankrupt. What is it? What is that? And why is it that like it takes like a a one day of it and we're there. Everyone feels like they're going to be homeless. Let's all take a deep breath. That is not a fact. Just because you tell yourself something over and over again does not make it true. Thoughts are not facts. They're not. They're thoughts. So let's talk about a few things that have to do with fear and how to overcome fear. The first thing is that what we practice, we get better at. And the reason you're seeing a world that's up in arms right now is because we practice being scared all the time. So it takes very little for us to go to all-out panic. When you see people driving in their cars who have road rage, they've practiced it. So they go from zero to 60 like that. There's people that you know who are just typically in a default place of gratitude. Gratitude, they practice it. We have in the front of our brain right here, there's literally at the front cortex, there's literally tissue here. And the more that you practice certain things, just like if you were lifting weights and there's literally a muscle There's a muscle in your brain right here, okay? And we also have neuropathways in our brains. So just like if you were to wear your friend's Birkenstocks and you're like, I'm an eight and a half. She's like, I'm an eight and a half here. And you put on her shoes and you go, these feel awful. Who's had that experience? But if you walk in somebody else's Birkenstocks, they won't feel good because the shoe will conform to your foot, It's yours and it's based on how you walk and the way that you stand and your gait and the way that you distribute your weight. That's how the shoe forms. So we know more about what our car needs than what our bodies need, what our hearts need, what our soul needs. Our nervous system is literally plugged into our immune system. So have you ever had the feeling where you're thinking a certain thing and then you actually have a physical reaction? Like you're thinking something and you get butterflies in your stomach. You're thinking something, you feel like you're in a cold sweat. You're thinking something, your heart starts to beat. It's because they're connected like this, right? And anyone who knows anything about the body knows that. It's a fact. So this is very important, right? We need to understand fear. We need to understand all of the ways that we, we work so that we can learn how to push the buttons that bring us 
feelings of, of, of joy and feelings of pleasure and feelings of calm and equanimity. So we're talking about that today. So in that shoe, the metaphor here is that in your brain, there's literally these neural pathways. So what that means is you have certain thoughts that you don't even think anymore. They're just habits. So you'll, for instance, you might smell a certain thing, which reminds you of a certain place you were, which reminds you of three other thoughts. So you might go from smelling French fries to being six years old with your mom at this deli. And then every time you smell that smell, you go through a series of thoughts. And maybe that day at that deli, something not great happened. So when you smell French fries, immediately you go to a place of feeling sad. You don't know why. And it's just all happening subconsciously, right? There's like a tail to everything that becomes literally like a neural pathway. So the brain just goes, you thought this, now I'm already here. So for certain people, they think a certain thing, now they're angry. They think a certain thing, now they're feeling really excited. Now they're feeling really scared. That's the way things work. The good news is we get to change those neural pathways. We can actually make a change literally in the brain so that just like the foot in the shoe has certain indentations, we can change those indentations through practice through habitually practicing a new way of directing our mind's attention, okay? So that's really, really cool. So one thing you want to know about the brain, let me ask you this in a question. What was the brain created to do? What is the purpose for the brain? Why do we have a brain? You know, every, every organ, every part of us serves a purpose. What's the reason why we have a brain? What was it created to do? Does anyone know? not die. Like survive. Yeah. Safe. Yes, that's correct. So the brain was created to protect us. There used to be times where we were walking through the jungle and there was a saber tooth tiger. So your brain does one thing constantly. It's constantly assessing danger. So if you've ever been anxious, raise your hand. If you've ever worried, raise your hand. If your thoughts have ever killed your vibes, raise your hand. So we are all 100% the same because our brains are doing a good job, except that there's no tiger. So the threat still feels the same in the body. Oh my God, what could happen? Oh my God. So it's constantly like your brain is constantly going. It's like assessing constantly. Where's the worry? Where's the worry? Where's the harm? Where's the harm? Constantly, constantly. Raise your hand if you've ever, just do this, if you ever heard of epigenetics. Cool. So not only has your life experience prepared you to look for danger, but it's, this is going back, right? And all of us, if we're here, it's because our grandparents, whatever the nationalities, all of us, these people survived on famines and, and racism and who knows what else, and like so many things. So the point is we need to do one really important thing which is to fully be aware of that, fully. Okay, we have more to get to, but first let's take a quick ad break. Bombas are hands down the most comfortable socks made from super soft natural cotton. Every pair comes with arch support, a seamless toe, and a cushioned footbed that's comfy but not too thick. With tons of colors, patterns, lengths, and styles, Bombas covers you for any situation. I love my Bombas socks. My kids love them. I actually get really excited to put them on because, no joke, it feels like my feet get a big hug whenever I wear them. And I love that they're all about giving back because with every Bombas purchase you make, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. 
need. I've been a fan of their no-show socks, but my new favorites are the new Merino wool socks, designed to be breathable, dry, and never itchy with just the right amount of thickness. And those are just the thing I need since actually it's been kind of cold and rainy in LA lately. Definitely get yourself a pair. Seriously, you won't want to wear any other socks again. Go to bombas.com slash dream job today and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash dream job for 20% off. Life is full of tough choices and trade-offs. Your beauty routine, what you put on your body every day, it shouldn't be one of them. True Botanicals uses scientific advances and centuries-old botanical extracts to create all natural formulas in their products, like their hydrating face cleanser, face oil for aging skin, and nutrient face mist. Every True Botanicals formula is made safe certified, and their products are filled with natural and organic ingredients that actually give you results when it comes to fixing your skin issues. They've even worked with researchers at leading universities to identify the botanical extracts rich in antioxidants, vitamins, and essential fatty acids to develop potent formulas that work better than leading beauty brands. Sometimes I get dry skin, so I've been using their Moisture Lock Overnight Mask, and it makes my face feel super soft and smooth. And I love that I can use this without worrying about whether or not I'm putting toxins on my face because I know they use the best ingredients. You've got to try True Botanicals for yourself. Get 15% off your first purchase at truebotanicals.com slash dreamjob, truebotanicals.com slash dreamjob. So how many of you are the kind of person who's going out with a phone that's at 11%? Never in my life. Like I have anxiety thinking about that. I'd be like, I can't, is that a joke? Like, does the Uber driver have two extra chargers? I'm going to be the crazy person with the charger at the sushi restaurant, like finding a place in the wall. This is nonstop. I am ahead of this all the time, right? There's a charger sadly next to my bed. There's a charger in my car. There's a charger in the living room. You get the point. Where is the charger for this? If I know that it's a fact that my brain is pre-wired to be scared, to assess danger, to constantly look for what the problem is. How on earth am I not then ahead of that? Let me give you an example. When you're a kid, how many of you ever did this where you went to the mall with your mom and your mom was going up the escalator and you say to her, I'll meet you on the second floor. I'm going to walk up the down escalator. And she's going up and there's an escalator coming down and you're like with your little feet trying to like go up the down escalator. So what happens is when you walk up the down escalator, you realize something. You get to the fourth step and you're a little out of breath and you stop and you go, oh, if I stop, do you stay in the same place? No, you're going down. So if you stop, you're not in the same place. You're actually getting worse right? So in order for you to just be where you're at, you actually have to go ahead of it, even just to stay where you're at, right? And if you want to get to the top, you have to go ahead of it at an accelerated pace. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we have to understand that it's not something that's wrong with us. Nothing's wrong. It's actually the way it's intended. Your mind is only created to do one thing, which is constantly scan for problems, scanning for worries. So you might be in a moment where everything's great, Your husband and you are getting along. Everyone's happy. You're eating a good food. The weather is beautiful. And you start to feel this feeling of joy. And within four seconds, you go, why did I just let myself feel all that joy? Oh my God, what if something happened? What if someone got diagnosed with a disease? What if right all of a sudden somebody just came up? Who's ever had that experience? 
So they actually say in the research that to sustain joy, to stay in a place of joy is the hardest emotion for us to literally sink into for a sustained period of time because very quickly, and it's different for every person, but within a matter of moments, we go from joy to foreboding. So what do we do about that? Well, it's sad. Now, Whatever we do, whatever we practice, we get better at. Part of it is we don't practice it enough. Part of it is our muscle for feeling joy is not as strong as our muscle for feeling the negativity. Our minds are almost like Velcro for negativity and a little bit like Teflon for positivity. Now, let me go a little bit deeper into that. Raise your hand if by the age of eight, you had been through some hard things. Raise your hand if by the age of 20, you had been through some things that even now you can't believe that you survived. So the reason, one of the reasons that we don't allow ourselves to feel joy, one of the main reasons why we live in a state of fear is because it's actually a survival skill. Because if I have third degree burns, if I'm covered in third degree burns, What's the kindest thing that you could do for me? Hug me tight and hold me tight or stand six feet away. Please stand six feet away. What we do because we're smart, because we've been through hell and because we absolutely needed a way to survive. And I don't know you guys personally, but I have enough of a sense of what's here to know that you've made some really amazing choices the amount of choices that you had to make to be a person who could contribute to the world, who could take care of yourself. We're talking thousands of mini choices where you had every excuse to make a different choice. One of the reasons you were able to move through was one survival skill that kind of keeps a ceiling on everything though. And I'll explain what that means. When you get your heart broken and really it gets smashed into pieces. You do the very best you can to move forward. And because you're just a very smart, sentient being, you're not going to take your hand and stick it in a fire when you have the experience of your hand being burned. You're just not because you have too much understanding of real and honest pain. So what we do is we push through to the best that we can, and yet there's a ceiling on how much joy we will let in. There's a ceiling on how far we will allow ourselves to dream. There's a ceiling on how much abundance and how much connection we will allow ourselves to participate in. Because when somebody left or died or abused or rejected or fill in the blank, there's a part of us that says, I know what I'm going to do. I won't love that deeply and then I won't get hurt that much. I won't trust to that extent. Then I won't get hurt that much. I won't dream that far because then I won't fall that far. And we're all suffering because of that incredibly beautiful survival skill, which served such a huge purpose and for so long Thank God we employed that because we might not have survived, right? Like it helped us get through a very, very, very hard time. But now 
because the threat of that particular kind of abuse or that particular kind of rejection or that particular kind of hurt, it's actually not here in this moment. So that survival skill is actually crushing us. And what we learned over time from studying human beings and we're studying the human condition is the more we resist something, the more it actually comes to control us. So when we resist our pain, when we resist vulnerability, when we resist reaching for things, we actually are consumed in it, right? So our job is actually to find the places that feel scared and broken and turn toward them. Feelings are like visitors, They knock at the door louder and louder and louder and louder until you finally let them in. And then you let them in and they don't stay forever. They're visitors. Sometimes they stay for three hours. Sometimes they stay for a few months. Sometimes they need to stay for a year, but they'll leave. But they only leave once they've been able to be there. And so most of the time we live in the state where we like, shut the closet door and like duct tape it shut and it's like bursting open. And if anybody's seen, like raise your hand if you've seen the Marie Kondo Netflix or you know her process or whatever. So the thing about it though, that's actually kind of like, it's kind of funny is that people are so excited that she's coming to visit and then she makes the biggest mess in their home and they're all crying And they don't know why on earth this clutter is bringing up so much problems in their marriage or with their roommate. And now they're at each other's throats. And now there's all this, all this emotion. And it's because in order for things to get tidy, they have to get messy first. Like in order for us to know what the heck to do and how to clean up this closet, I have to take everything out first. I have to look at everything. I have to hold everything in my hand and look at it and say yes or no. I have to look at it and hold onto it and say, what do I feel? Okay, now I'm going to move it over here. So when Danielle Laporte was on my podcast, she said the only way is to bring the darkness into the light. So right now, one of the opportunities for all of us, and this would be true no matter what time it is, no matter what season in history, it's almost a greater opportunity in this moment because everyone's going to be forced to slow down. But because we're constantly running and distracting ourselves from what we feel, it feels really threatening to stop because we're running for good reason. There are things that we just don't want to feel. And I have a lot of compassion for that because there's a lot of things in my life I don't like feeling at all. It makes me really anxious. And so I would say be really gentle with yourself. But here's the good news. What we found in the research is that just by naming what we feel, we feel better. So mindfulness is so overwhelming to people and feels so out of reach. And what we've learned is that just when we do fMRIs on people, we realize something very powerful, which is just the naming of what we feel makes the body calmer. It helps the nervous system to relax. Have you ever had the experience or witnessed the experience of a child? Maybe it was you, maybe it was your child, either way. Child is riding the bike, sweet little six-year-old kid falls off the bike And oh my God, I just fell off. And then the mother comes and says, you fell off. That was scary. That was a loud sound. 
your foot is red. And the kid goes, that was scary. (sighs) Right? And like in one minute, that kid goes from, uh, to actually crying a little bit. And then there's a calm. So what the mother did was name the feelings, right? Not cheer up, not don't cry, but this looks like this. And these are some words that I'm feeling that you might be feeling. I'm going to name for you. I'm going to walk you through your feelings right now. Scary, loud, red, whatever she's going to say. So that the child is like feeling their experience. And by feeling their experience, now they're fine. It's all it takes. So what we do is we literally put so much distance and resistance between what we are and what we feel. And it goes on for days and hours and years and months. And it's like, God, and then you actually sit with it for a minute and you go, oh my God, I'm feeling this feeling. And then all of a sudden you're going to have this weird awareness come in that says, I felt this way when I was nine and my dad screamed or whenever my mom would drink. And you're going to go, I'm here in this moment, right? And I swear, because the research backs us up, it's not going to go away forever and it's not going to be solved, but it's actually going to feel better in that moment because you did for yourself what a good parent does for their kid. You came to just witness it and make space for it. And what's amazing about awareness, and this is something my mindfulness teacher taught me, let's say it's midnight, you come home, you forgot to leave a light on, it's your apartment, you walk in, shut the door, you kind of find your way to the light switch, turn on the light. It's fine, right? If you walk into someone else's place, you're staying with your friend, she left you a key, the light is not on, and she has a cat, and there's a water dish, do you walk into the water dish? Yes, because you can't see and you have no clue that it's there, right? And then if there's like a little end table, do you hit it with your toe and stub your toe? Very likely you do because you don't know that it's there. There's no awareness. So the awareness is almost everything. It's almost everything. And so every single person to bring this full circle Every single person that I know who has a successful life wakes up and charges the batteries, these batteries, has some kind of intentional, consistent practice so that there's an awareness and then there is a proactive, intentional, where should I, where can I direct my mind so that I can elevate. I want to tell you something else. So in the research, we've learned there's been amazing studies on productivity at Harvard and Stanford and everywhere else. And one of the things that we learned is that when they surveyed the people coming through this practice, they said, what do you think will make you more productive? And people said, more time. I don't have enough time. And some people said, resources, I don't have enough money. And some people said, I don't have enough sleep. And some people said, I don't eat the right foods. So they said, great, we're going to put you through an experiment. We're going to give you more time. We're going to give you more money. We're going to make sure you sleep 
and we're going to make sure you eat well. And you can tell because I'm using Socratic method and I'm, I'm leading the witness here, but do you think that those things helped? No, not at all. It got worse. So what did they realize? They realized something fascinating, which is that our productivity is only one thing. It's energy. And it's not energy that comes from sleep or food because they found that people who are productive sometimes barely sleep. And they found that sometimes people who are productive barely eat the right things. And they found that sometimes people who are productive have no time and no resources. So energy turns out to be a state of mind and nothing else. Raise your hand if you can think of one person who gets a lot of sleep and has a lot of free time and feels down a lot of the time. And then let's reverse it. Can you think of one example when you barely got any sleep? Maybe it's the night before your wedding. Maybe it's the night before your first day of fifth grade. But was there any day that you can think of where you barely got sleep you didn't eat particularly well and you woke up so jazzed and you had the best day? You were on fire. That's a state of mind. It's really powerful. So I have three kids. I run two multi-seven-figure businesses. I drink coffee. I forget to drink water. I barely sleep. The one thing that I do really well is this. I'm like obsessed. So what are the things that you can do? There's a few things that work really well. One thing is you've got to bring the darkness into the light and however that works for you. For some of you, it's going to be therapy. For some of you, it's hanging out with a really good friend, but making it like a commitment where you do something really unique. You say to a friend, let's meet once a week for coffee or on Zoom and let's do something that no one does. That's so novel. Let's set a timer for each of us to just talk for five minutes without the other person asking questions, interrupting, giving advice or judging. Five minutes to just go And unless you say something, it will never be brought up again. That will literally change your life. It's your turn. You have five minutes. Go. And your friend starts and she'll say, I don't know. There's nothing really going on. I took the kids to school yesterday and my husband and I, we kind of got into it, but it was fine. But you know what I was thinking? And five minutes later, she's going to say, it's already been five minutes. And then you're going to do something which is amazing and never happens. And you're going to say, nothing. There's no question. There's no judgment. There's no advice. It's called, I'm available. I'm a witness. And that over time is literally everything. You don't need to spend $300 an hour on therapy. You just need that. You need a safe space to show up and someone to show up for you. You could do that. Okay, before we wrap up, let's just take a second to thank our sponsor. 
Finding the right freelancer for your business can end up using a lot of your time and money, but thanks to Fiverr, this doesn't have to be a struggle. Fiverr's marketplace helps you get more done with less. They connect businesses with freelancers who offer hundreds of digital services, including graphic design, copywriting, web programming, film editing, and more. My team used Fiverr in the early days of this podcast to find a Photoshop editor. It was super easy. We were able to search the results based on the service, deadline, price, reviews. And what's cool is that we could see what we'd have to pay up front so there were no hidden fees no negotiating necessary and the editor was really responsive and was able to adapt to the notes that we gave her take five and check out fiverr.com and you will receive 10 percent off your first order by using my code dreamjob it's so easy don't waste any more time and get the service you deserve by going to f-i-v-e-r-r.com code dreamjob fiverr it starts here what else though well in addition to bringing the darkness to the light we have to get ahead of things so we have to curate our life to feed ourselves with the things that we absolutely need. So we have to direct our thoughts. If you wake up and you get to four o'clock in the afternoon and you're feeling kind of lousy and you go, why the heck do I feel this way? What's wrong with my life? I have to move. I need a new husband. I did whatever the things are. Let's rewind. You're not going to naturally just be inspired and excited. Remember, your mind is looking for a saber-toothed tiger. So you're going to start to chew on and pull apart every beautiful thing in your life constantly because your mind needs something to metabolize. But what's also amazing is that your mind needs something to stimulate it. So you can feed it with other things, right? You could force it to be chewing on other things. So you can use the time to build a business and give it those problems to solve and ask it directly amazing questions. How would I create more empathy in my business? What are free, amazing pieces of value I can add? Start to let it chew on those problems. Boy, will it come up with lots of solutions, right? Direct it towards something positive and fill your morning, front load your day. So every morning, what podcast are you listening to? There's no excuse, they're free for five minutes. Who's on your Instagram feed? Because I would get rid of anything that makes me feel a little bit less than great. And just, this is for you. This is your tool. If you want to communicate with your friends, do it elsewhere. I would follow like 20 accounts that every single one helps me feel my feelings, helps me overcome this negativity, reminds me, constantly reminds me of who I am and where I'm going, right? There's other amazing things like there's Insight Timer. I highly, highly recommend this. And it's, it's amazing how many free resources there are. But there's a woman named Sarah Blondin, who you may or may not know. She's amazing, right? I would listen to her every day if I was you. Um, Deepak Chopra has like a 21-day uh, meditation. There's so many. There's no excuse. And even if you roll your eyes and you're like, okay, this is boring, you're still getting something out of it. You really are. Even if you just go through the motions, even if what you get out of it is not judging yourself to be a perfect meditator, that's cool because no one's good at meditation because the mind isn't made to do that. So if you're like, well, other people are sitting in silence without any thoughts. No, that's actually not meditation. Meditation is just noticing the fact that you're thinking and within the five minute meditation, if you notice that you were thinking three times, even though you were thinking for 98% of it, if you only notice that three times, those three times, that's when you were present and that matters. And that's huge because that's literally like lifting 400 pounds of weight to even notice, oh yeah, I got pulled into thinking and now I'm back being aware that I'm thinking. When Martha Beck was on my podcast and she's like, 
has a Harvard undergrad, Harvard PhD, then she became Oprah's life coach and her, her life sort of took off. But she says it's meditation is the moment and it might only be for one, one moment out of your entire meditation. It's the moment when you notice that you're thinking and you're looking at a window. Let's say you're standing in your living room and you're looking out the window and there's snow outside, there's a blizzard. So normally we're living inside the blizzard. Whatever we're thinking, there's no distance from it. We are just consuming it. Every single thought is a fact. It's a reality. We think it and then we feel it and we buy every single one. There's no separation between who we are and what we think. When you're meditating for one minute or one half of a second within a minute of a meditation, you might notice that you're the one looking at the thoughts. You're not the thoughts. You're whatever the consciousness is that's observing the thought. And for a second, you're looking out at the blizzard. And that tiny speck of distance between you and this blizzard is everything because it starts to become a little bit more and a little bit more to the point where you do have a cumulative muscle that gets built And then every so often you'll be in the middle of an argument with your spouse or you'll be in the middle of a frenzy of feeling anxious about work and one little thought will pop up and bring you back and you'll go, I'm feeling really anxious right now. And these thoughts are not facts. They're just thoughts. Okay. Still feels lousy, but at least I'm not in it, right? Because every more second that you go deeper, the thoughts just churn and one turns into a thousand and a thousand. Next thing you know... We usually have 70,000 thoughts a day and most of them are not new and most of them are negative. So even a break in the clouds four times a day is actually more powerful than you think. When you proactively seed your week with self-care, I'm going to go to yoga class here. I'm going to meet up with a friend and do that thing on Zoom every week at this time. I'm going to listen to this podcast every week here. I'm going to create my own content where I teach what it is that I feel I'm learning from this stuff, which is the best thing you can do. What starts to happen is your life is happening in between those pieces of clarity and then the clarity takes over. So I have tons of time when I'm anxious. I have tons of times when I worry all the same like everybody else, but most of my Google calendar is filled with things like this. I'm hosting a show. I'm talking to someone. I'm having them on. I'm writing a blog post. I'm do- so I'm on the hook to spend a lot of time. Like I don't have to guess. I look at my calendar for the next week, two weeks, and I'm like, oh, there's going to be a lot of mindfulness time because it's on the calendar. It's what I'm doing with my life. So that helps me so much, so much. And over time, it starts to change the shoe and it starts to change the way I think and change the way I walk, right? And so everything changes from that. So I've just given you a tremendous amount of like research and ideas and it's like a fire hose, right? And I've been studying this my whole life. So there's just so much here. Can I just say one last thing to all of you, which is let's just do this, okay? This is something that's really special to me. Close your eyes for a second. Everybody close your eyes. I'm gonna close my eyes too. Okay, I want you to think about yourself at seven years old. Picture yourself at seven. And now picture yourself walking into the living room where you lived when you were seven and you're there now as yourself currently and you're with yourself at seven. And just look at that little girl. Just see her there. And now just observe how lovable she is, how sweet, how kind, how magical Just observe for a second. And now I want you to witness your mom 
walking over and handing her like a pile of bricks, which are all the expectations and all the things that your mom, well-meaning, but sort of like puts on this little girl. And then watch your father walk over and hand this little girl another pile of bricks, which are all the things he feels about himself, all the expectations, the good, the bad, the hurt, all those things. And now, now watch this little girl standing there struggling to carry all of these bricks. And now you see that it's like excruciating and she can barely hold them because they're so heavy and her little body is being asked to carry so much. And I want you to walk over to her and just whisper in her ear and say to her, you don't have to live here anymore. And then tell her, I'm coming to get you. Now help her throw the bricks off and then give her a hug. And now open your eyes. So to whatever extent you allowed yourself to drop into that, I would say that everything we've talked about, everything that's standing in the way of us building our business, building our relationships, building our lives the way that we want them, it probably is 99.9% related to inner child work and all of this fear that we're feeling all over the world right now, it, it could be so many stimulus that give people a sense of fear. It's happening constantly, right? Now, at least we're all just united in a state of fear, but what we all really need and what everybody is experiencing is that there's not a lot of tools because as children, there was a tremendous amount of pain and fear and trauma, and we never really learned how to hold that space for ourselves. And so right now there's an opportunity, we're being forced actually to learn to hold space and to come inside and to learn to do that. And hopefully today you just felt maybe a tiny little break in the clouds and maybe some of this, you can just repeat it or take one of the things I said or none of it. But thank you for having me because it was really, it was really cool. And we really don't spend all of our time digging into fear. And I think it was great that we got to talk about it today. So there's some food for thought. I'm hoping that it gives you a new way of approaching fear and it gives you some strengthening tools to tolerate these uncomfortable feelings. Here are some takeaways. Number one, every single one of us is capable of showing up and offering empathy to someone else. Number two, we get better at what we practice. Number three, you know how to charge your phone's batteries. Do the same for yourself. Number four, feelings are like visitors. They knock louder until you let them in and eventually they will leave. Number five, in order for things to get tidy, they have to get messy first. Bring the darkness into the light. Number six, productivity is about your energy and energy is a state of mind. Number seven, be ahead. Curate your life to feed yourself with things you absolutely need. Fill your days with the things that fill you up. And number eight, life happens between pieces of clarity. Then the clarity takes over. Thank you guys so much for listening. I know there are so many things right now going on. It means the world to me that you're listening to the show, that you're here. I'm really looking forward to all the episodes that are coming up. So make sure you subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And if you heard something that clicked for you, ask yourself, who is a person who I know who could use this? and share it with them. Tell them the nugget of information or whatever inspiration you're getting from this. And you just might help them to change the way they are looking at the world, or maybe they're going to change something they're doing, which will have a huge ripple effect. 
I love you guys. I'm thinking about you. And, uh, and I'll be checking back in and letting you know what other resources I can bring you in this time. I'll leave you the song of mine. And remember, if you share about the show and you tag me in your Instagram story, I'll be choosing three of you every day this week. And I'll be sending you a thank you gift for sharing about our show, especially in this time. I think it's a really important thing for us all to spread, spread the love however we can. Stay safe. And I'll talk to you on Thursday. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com.